As always, we want to thank our sponsor, the Norden Group of Salt Lake City. Why do portfolios of large institutions, endowments, and pensions look so different than the portfolios of high net worth individuals and families? The philosophy at the Norden Group is that you should invest your portfolio like an institution. This approach leads to complete transparency. Some key questions to ask yourself. What do I really own? How much am I paying in fees? What costs am I paying that are not disclosed? Would I be better off in a low-cost index fund? At the Norden Group, we conduct what is called a portfolio audit, which can help reveal these and other important details. Call us to set up your appointment. And as always, if you folks have you know seven or eight figures worth of investable wealth, um, these are the guys that you want in your corner. These are honest, ethical professionals who can help you at every step along the way. Uh, they're the allies that you need on your side. Investment advisor services offered through Townsquare Capital LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Townsquare is not affiliated with any other named entity. Have you managed to clean all of the sand out of your ears and stuff yet? Holy cow. Yeah, I felt like I was on Tatooine there for a while. It was it was really kind of rough. Like I've I don't know that I've ever been at a race before with weather conditions that bad. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Like weather conditions that bad where they still held the race. That was almost kind of scary at times. Like with the wind picking up like that and stuff. That was that was spooky kind of. Yeah, sometimes it was actually like zero visibility. It was certainly the type of day you wouldn't go out for a training ride, let alone no. a fun ride, you know. So it must have been I mean, it might have been hard. Yeah, I mean like we've we've kind of struggled with like how to talk about states and how to digest it because so much happened um but my big like overriding thing i I just have to say is like bravo to everybody who showed up and raced you know because like we say like oh good job to everyone who raced a lot of races where it's like yeah you know pretty much anybody could have got around that you know like good job if you tried hard or whatever this one like good job for getting out of your car you know good job for like spending a couple hours out on the bike especially for like it was kind of the worst during the varsity races, right? Well, yeah. If anyone would have gone and done a ride during those conditions, I would have said they were crazy. And it's not a good idea and that I wouldn't have. That it's yeah. maybe even bordering like on unsafe. You know, like that was wild. You know, I, I yeah. So seriously, if you showed up and raced, bravo. Yeah. Because that was wild. Because aren't there like 7,000 kids in the league now? I don't even know what the I think it's, are. I, it's, I think it's around 7,000 Um and, and I don't really know how many were actually at state. It was probably about 3,000, I think, raced at state. Um, yeah, it was just a huge deal, you know, a huge. It was, it, it was super cool to see all the kids racing there and, like, a lot of teams we normally don't get to see. Yeah, so. and so many cool stories. Like, we, we, can't, we can't shout out every cool story from this weekend because there, there were a few performances that were, like, emotionally moving for me. There were some where I was just so 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 impressed I, I i mean like there's no way we can talk about any of them without talking about all of them um i mean maber definitely represented really well we had a lot of great results great podiums and you know obviously some kids a little disappointed with how things went you know but that's that's bike racing and, and just, that's states that's and like this is that's states that's nationals that's worlds that's always these the big pinnacle events i think a lot of people struggle to digest good or bad Right. You know, like, and like, there are some kids that had, I know that had disappointing races and like, that's, um, that's really tough, especially when you're young and you haven't had that many yet and you're not really sure how to digest them and how to move on. You know, it's like, yeah, for a lot of kids, it's almost like you mourn it. There's like a mourning process. And it's like, it's, it's just a different type of sport too, because like, if you're playing a basketball game, you know, your team either wins or loses, you know, but 
with with a bike race like some of these races had almost 200 riders and one winner out of like 200 riders and and well and like there yeah and like a lot of kids are going home disappointed because of second place and a lot of kids are going home disappointed because they didn't break the top 100 right there's like a total gray area where it's like you don't I mean, if 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 there's if 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 anybody loses a bike race, it's everybody who doesn't win, right? I don't I don't know that there are losers in a bike race, are there? Like, I mean, it, it is it's kind of a weird sport. Wait, I thought way, you were right? just gonna make a Dan joke right oh, there. Oh well, anytime Dan races, there are losers in a bike race. Uh, uh, um, no, Dan and I have already spent like what eight hours. We're in a so today. sick of each other. I'm really sick of Dan. Holy he's, cow! He's, Joe talked about like bike geometry for about like from. From Nephi to Sandy, and I just was, like, about to go crazy. Well, you know, in fairness, from, like, you know, what, Cedar City to Fillmore, you made me listen to a podcast about running, so I think that's tit for tat. Um, we need to get couples therapy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, there were it really was super, super cool. I was really proud of how well our riders did, and, you know, and it, it just all comes down to those those kids worked hard and rode their bikes a lot and you know and and I think if you did that and you gave it your all no matter how that one day happened to go you know you deserve to be happy and you know and and if you are disappointed um it's it's you know one of the main reasons Maybird was founded is to help keep this be, help keep this being a, a lifetime sport um you know, a lot of you aren't ever going to reach your potential. I mean, some of some people, like Joe, you know, reached his potential in high school here, but other kids, like they can keep getting better and better until they're in their thirties and forties, and you know, and it's just um, just keep it going. Yeah, like I, I think there are no losers in in a, in a bike race. Like yesterday, I couldn't point to somebody and say, "Oh, well, you lost the bike race," but like if you let this go, I think that's a loss. You know, if, if, and, and you know what, like, especially to my seniors listening, it's going to get really hard over the next few years. And whether you're, you're, you're deciding to serve an LDS mission or go to school or start working, like the challenges are going to be really, really, you know, um, more pronounced, I think, than they might've been before now. And like, that's the next big hill for you to get over is figuring out how to make this a lifetime sport. So again, if you finished a few places lower than you hoped for yesterday, what is it? Kate Courtney's coach says, give yourself 48 hours and then yeah. yeah or you get a day to, to, to feel like good it, or bad. Like, yeah, you can, if you had a great race, you get a day to enjoy it. Then you got to get back to work. And if you had a bad day, you get a day to think about it and then you got to get back to work. And so. then like, like give yourself that day and then just think like, okay, well, you know, winter's here. What am I going to do now? What's the next big step to keep me moving on some kind of a positive trajectory in the sport? So, um, you know, out of, out of all the stories I could have shared about states, there's just one that I just thought was too fun and cute and happy not to share. And that was, uh, that was Stella Gillespie's race. So for those of you that know Stella, she's got to be the sweetest and most humble person you're ever going to meet. She just does not have a mean bone in her entire body and just, just a, an amazing person. And she's, she got like third place all season at her races, I think. And, um, it was just completely happy about it. And she, she was racing freshman girls and, um, but, but at States at her race, she found herself in the lead and kind of creating a gap. And when she would ride by 
the little girl was just so giddy she could barely even steer her bike she was just almost looked like she was about to to laugh the whole time she just had really really good legs and i think she even crashed a couple times because of it and gillespies (laughs) normally don't crash yeah (laughs) but it was just so cute to see her just so happy and um and have just such a good fun day and it just it was just awesome to see and she she deserves it because she's so so sweet and nice and humble and and not just that just and like an excellent practitioner of cycling just somebody who is who looks good on the bike who knows how to ride a bike who's worked really really hard all year who rides a ton like very not i mean not just like a good win to see but like a very deserving win too like bravo and again like we could talk for an hour about every single cool story that came out of this weekend um but yeah bravo stella that was that was really really cool to see um like i said i I wish we could talk about everybody because there are a whole bunch of kids who had really really cool races but we'll probably keep this one short ish um you know we're we're um we we have a couple things we want to dive into a little bit but um uh but yeah yeah i guess uh bravo to everybody for showing up putting in crazy efforts this weekend you know um i'm i'm just proud to be associated with this, with this uh with this team and all you guys um but yeah uh, this will be a, a shortish uh, episode this week. We we have a couple things we want to go over. Uh, I'm going to keep doing the quiz for Dan. That got positive reviews, so we're going to keep um, poking a stick at Dan's bike knowledge a little oh, bit. Um, Dan looks super excited over here. Um, we also have a, a kind of fun end of race season little thing I want to do um, that we'll tell you a little bit more about. And then we're going to kind of give you a brief overview of some of the things we want to talk about over the next few weeks. And then Dan has like a miniature deep dive. We're not sure what to call it. It won't be as, as a shallow dive, a shallow dive. There you go. This will be, yeah, yeah. A miniature deep dive. There you go. Um, uh, we'll talk a little bit about detraining and some of the other considerations for the end of the season. Um, but before anything else, Dan, we're, we're going to, we're going to jump into another three question quiz for you. Um, keeping it outside of your comfort zone this time a little bit, but questions, I think you, you should be able to answer these. Um, Okay, I'm ready. Dang it, Dan. What was I supposed to do? Who is the current women's world road champion? Oh, I I knew this for like a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an obvious one. It's far and away, I think I would argue, the best female road cyclist of the past five years. Also won the first edition of the women's tour this year. Okay, I have no clue, but I want to say it's Julie. <laughs> Did you just say Julie? Julie, yeah. It's like I'm getting Julie vibes, but I really have. I don't know. I I, I remember hearing about this, and Dutch writer, movie star, <laughs> Juline. Juline. There we go. It's more Dutch. Annemiek van Vluten. Okay, I've heard that. Yeah, you've heard that name. You should definitely. I, I knew that at one point. You don't have to know about road racing, but if you know anything about road racing, yeah, you I know, know who Annemiek she is. I just okay. 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 All right. Number two. Name one Canadian bike brand. Canadian bike brand. Mm-hmm. Is that big country north of us? Okay, I know where Canada is. <laughs> um, Can't tell if you were joking there. That's the best part. Oh, Canadian bike brand. Um, there are seven. Oh, Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mountain. Okay, yeah. there we go. That's good. Can you can you do how many how many can you do? Oh, you just said A, and a. I did that. Well, so I know. Just be but, happy. Oh, well, I'm never satisfied, Dan. Come on, g- give me one more. Let's do one more. Okay. Um, Ibis? I don't know. Ibis is in Colorado, Dan. Boo. Okay. See, I, I, I was happy Cervelo. with Cervelo. Oh, Cervelo's Canadian? Yeah. I didn't Argon know 18, Da Vinci. 
There are a whole bunch of these, Dan. Wow. Norco, I'm pretty sure, is Canadian. All right. I'll give you points for that, though. You got it. Name one female World Cup downhill racer. Oh, okay. Um, Atherton. What's her first name? Miss. Miss. Did you just say Mrs.? Like, I said Miss. Oh, okay. I was like, that is the most sexist way you could have possibly <laughs> answered that question. Is it... Uh, Atherton, what is it? Well, I, I forgot her first name. Julie Atherton. Julie Atherton. No, it's not, Dan. That was a <laughs> Rebecca? No, no, this is, I, I said at the beginning, either, this is, this is like the most famous, the, I think I got the, the best last, mountain biker of all time. Okay, I got the last name. That's not too bad. Rachel Atherton. Rachel, I knew it was a common Julie name. Julie Atherton. <laughs> I apologize for like the banging noises in the background. That was me just rolling around in exasperation here. Oh, um, all right. Well, thank Dan. Dan, we'll give you um, one and a half. One and a half points out of three for this week. Um, I'm going to start keeping track for you. We'll be back next week for this uh, for this fun recurring segment here. All right. Um, I'll, so this is this is another thing I kind of I, I I think would be neat to do. Um, there are a lot of great writers on this team, and there are a lot of great things that happened this year. I would like you guys to nominate a few riders that you think were really standouts this year, performance-wise, on and off the bike. Um, we've come up with um, seven categories that we want to um, have you guys nominate people for. I'm going to put this up on Instagram. Like, I'll just do it as a story on the Maybird account. You can go in and just type in the name that you think, just somebody that you think really um, exemplifies these seven categories. And we've decided we're going to do performance of the year so just a really impressive ride doesn't even necessarily have to be a race you know we had a Maybird kid do um, an Everesting effort we've had Maybird kids win state championships win Nike races so some it could have could have been a nationals any anything you want just the the, the performance of the year for you um, when I put this on Instagram give me their name and then what particular performance you have in mind the biggest comeback of the year so if you know there was some kid on your team who had some injury or something happened or they had to take some time off the bike and then that they were able to like overcome that come back stronger we'd love to see a nomination for that uh, coach of the year if you had a coach or a ride leader that really made an impact on you this year we'd love to hear about that too um, uh, we want to do breakthrough rider of the year. So somebody where it was not even necessarily their first season, but like the, the, uh, their, you know, we, we also call it like breakout riders where like they kind of come out of nowhere and no one's ever heard of them and they go win States or something like that. So some cool breakout, um, super improved riders. Another way to maybe think of that. And then on a kind of less formal note, we'd love to know who the most fun person to ride with is and who the classiest rider is. So if there's somebody you can think of that kind of exemplifies fun or class on the bike, um, throw that out there too. I'll put that up on the Instagram page. And then in next week's show, um, you know, we'll, we'll take those nominations and, and kind of pick out some winners and, and let you know, um, you know, we won't give you anything like a gift basket or something, but, uh, you, know. you just get shouted out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a in very a informal shout way. out. Yeah. Could we get like a coupon to Olive Garden or something? We could, yeah, we could do that. Should we do like Olive Garden coupons? Sure. Like five bucks to Olive Garden or something. You go yeah. get some unlimited breadsticks. Yeah, that's good. No, okay. breadsticks are good. Should we do that? They, should we do like, yeah, should we? They, like, pre-race breadsticks are good. But. Th there we pre there, there we go. Dan has to, you can't just eat breadsticks anytime. It just has to be pre-race breadsticks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I'll put that up on Instagram and you guys can see that later. Um, and then uh, I, I think this shouldn't take too long. You just kind of want to dive into some. Well, for, first I just wanted to kind of like, 
a couple of topics we have upcoming because I didn't want to do too much today because, well, first of all, Joe and I just spent six hours. We just need to get away from each other for yeah, a while. Do some separation together. But, um, but a couple of topics that we've got coming up just so you guys can have something to get excited and look forward to. Um, so next week, we're, Joe and I are actually going to attempt to do a podcast that doesn't mention bikes. It won't, and, and we're going to start, like, it won't mention bikes. Like yeah. at all, at all. This will be a, an entire, because this is the time where you should be off the bike, taking a break. Um, so we're, and we're, we're not sure what we're going to do it on, but it, it's going to be something really random and not bike related. Yeah. So we'll have to see how we do. It might be a very short podcast. I don't know if there's a whole lot that we can talk about that isn't cycling related, but so this will be kind of an interesting experiment. We'll, we'll each kind of prepare some material for you guys. I don't know if this will be the best or worst episode we ever do. It'll be one or the other. It'll be one or the other. Yeah, it's not going to be like a mediocre episode. So, so, um, so that's up for that. And then after that, I, I've, I've had a lot of questions about like trainers and trainer workouts um, and how to how to use the trainer during the winter. So we're going to have to buy a trainer. How, how, we're going to do an episode on that. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to also do a talk about running. Um and how to kind of transition into running. You guys are going to take some advice on running from the two least competent runners on planet Earth. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, you guys should watch Dan and I run sometimes. Someone should like gift that or something. Oh, I, yeah, I ran this weekend, actually. Yeah, I was, I ran a little, I like, I ran around just like running around the race course. My knees are shot. Yeah. Like I can barely walk. I hurt my hip. But anyhow, yeah, it's because I didn't do it right. And that's why we're going to be talking about it. And then, and then strength. We're going to talk about like getting into strength training and how to do that. And so, oh, and also like just to throw out, if there's something you guys want us to talk about, please, 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 please please. let me know. You know, like we, Dan's just worried that we're going to have to actually do like podcasts about like bikes and tech and racing and stuff like that, that he hates. So um, anything related to cycling or otherwise, like if you want to hear Dan and I like talk about the Loch Ness Monster or something, we'll talk about that too. But um, please, I'm, I'm, we're very much in like open feedback mode for what you guys want us to talk about. Um, in fact, most of our top, mo- most of our deep dives we've gone into, um, are because someone asked us a question. So that is actually true. Like we yeah, very kind of, rarely kind just of like gives pull us something I- out of nowhere. Yeah. It kind of gives us ideas of what to yeah, talk about. And like, about, if so. you, if you come to me with like a good question, there's a great chance you'll get an episode about it right now. Maybe that won't always be true in the future, but like for now, um, hundred percent, but, t- but today, like. Um, and this again, will be, will be pretty brief, but like there are some things in, that we've mostly kind of touched on already that we just want to do a very quick kind of like high level refresher on for you guys. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to talk about this because I think it needs to be in the forefront of your minds. I mean, most of you guys have just finished your, your big race of the season and, and we've talked about, you know, taking an end of season break and, and the importance of that. And I think that's not not new to people. I think most people naturally would do that. And I think I can't imagine anyone's out doing intervals this weekend. You know, I mean, if uh, you are, let us know. Cause that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> um, um, but like, maybe just understand like the why behind it a little more. That yeah, this exactly. Like, uh, like it's just tradition that our ancestors did it this way. So well, we do too. It, you know, and honestly it kind of is just a, it's something that coaches over time have found that like, if people don't do, they end up having bad seasons following it. So it is, you know, it's, it's really kind of a, something that's, that's come out of ex, experience rather than something they've been able to determine in a lab really, you know, but, but there, but there are like good science based reasons for why. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So first, first I just want to talk about detraining cause that's, I think that's everyone's biggest fear 
about taking time off is detraining and, and rightly so that detraining when you when you learn about detraining it can be a little bit scary um, because like in, in about a week or two a lot of the hard work that you've been doing can can diminish you know um, so the, the first thing is like what what actually detraining is is I mean it's basically just losing fitness but what actually is happening is is first you experience a drop in your blood volume in in your plasma levels and also your red blood cells and your hemoglobin and that right there makes a huge difference um, you know when when your blood levels drop your your sense of perceived exertion increases when you're doing the same amount of work that you would have done previously it's like translated to English um, walking up the stairs it feel a little harder than it did before riding up the hill to your house feel a little harder than it did before when you were in your peak shape right absolutely it's pretty intuitive you know yeah. like you take some time off it hurts more it hurts more yeah, yeah. okay that makes sense and um, another thing too is is you start to lose your the ability to store glycogen you know your glycogen stores are diminished um, so you just don't have as much fuel to do your work um, you and and as you detrain you start your you start to become more reliant on anaerobic sources of energy which is interesting because a lot of times if you know if if you're an event that requires a lot of anaerobic energy detraining is almost is actually really good um, oh, so if, like if you're if, if you're like a, a world tour sprinter and you really want to win this one day race and you just like your sprint is all that matters you you take some time off before to is, is it that detraining is it do these things happen in isolation where you happen to get better as you detrain or do you get better anaerobically because you detrain? yeah your body almost compensates for it by improving your anaerobic abilities which in your anaerobic abilities also require a lot of freshness to to be at their peak form um, but but naturally as you detrain aerobically your anaerobic capacities increase and interestingly too sometimes even in training if you're focusing on one it comes at the expense of the other those two so like hmm. yeah so why is that like what's it so it's almost like an inverse relationship between the two it really kind of is and you kind of have to decide which is going to be more beneficial, you know, depending on the type of type of training or type of racing that you do. Um, and it, it really just sends different signals to for adaptation that kind of conflict each other. Like, like same with like with we'll, we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks with like strength training. Um, you know, that's the reason if you maintain aerobic work while doing strength training, you don't get huge. Um, and so so, yeah, so as you as you detrain, you you will rely more on anaerobic type power to to produce your energy, which which increases the amount of lactate. And I want to do like a whole episode on lactate because it's a really interesting topic um, for some people, I guess. Interesting but, sounds like is that that word's doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. Dan. I don't know. That's I I was jumped out of my chair in excitement. Oh, lactate. We're going to talk about lactate. <laughs> Yes, can you wait? It's gonna I'm, can I have like a calendar account? Should I do like a countdown on maybe We'll make like a chain till like, you can tell the lactate pod. Eight days till lactate. <laughs> so, Gosh, um, yeah. So that, you know, and that's just going to make it burn a little more when you're 
you know, which isn't actually the lactate causing that, but we'll talk about that later. So were you, was that just like a sly, like hit at like a common, like misperception that like you, you, what is it that like lactic acid makes your legs burn and that's not actually true or oh, something? So or? Far from, it's, yeah, it's not true. But we'll, I, let's not open that. Yeah, can we gotta, of, that's, we gotta, we save, gotta save that gotta for save a that dreary content. February we, afternoon. Oh. When, Things are going to get really interesting. I wonder if this podcast will get like better by necessity in the middle of the winter because we're going to have to get a lot more creative about what we talk about. I don't think we're supposed to like, this isn't like the best way to market this, is it? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Stick with us. Stick, it's yeah. going to suck here yeah, soon, but say, stick no, with It's fun. It'll be a journey that you guys are going to come along with. We'll, we'll kind of test and see how well Dan and I do talk about like non-bike stuff. And if that's our first episode to go viral, we'll, you know like turn into like ghost hunters or something like that, just completely <laughs> abandon cycling. People will wonder where the name came from. You know. It's a cycling podcast, but they only talk about World War II era submarines. So <laughs> so anyhow, detraining, speaking of nothing. Okay. 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 So detraining. So that, that, those things I just spoke about can happen like in a week or two. You could start okay. feeling the effects of those. So this isn't like a long-term over the course of months. This is like... Well, yeah, I mean, it, it happens over... A course of, of, of like a month or so, but you can start feeling it after a week or two. You start, you do start detraining re- relatively quickly. Um, if if it goes longer than that, um, your capillary density starts to decrease, and and in your mitochondrial density starts to decrease. So your ability to produce power is going to diminish. So b- back up there really quick. So capillaries are. They're the little blood vessels within your muscles that they're like the really the they're the really small ones. Do they disappear? Because that's it. Like, does your body destroy them or something, or is it? Is oh my? Are we so far? Are you going to make me cut this out because you don't know the answer? <laughs> Dan's done that before. I've asked a really good question. And no, I'll be like, I'm like, hang on, go back and cut that. I sounded stupid. I'm like, Dan, you always sound stupid. It's like, I might <laughs> cut it, but like, do they? Di- when you say they're is the density, like, I don't know exactly, but it seems like. It, it seems like the, a lot of it has to do with like constriction and, and how dilated they are. Oh, and, so it's not like you're growing or losing capillaries. Yeah, I don't. They're just. I, I imagine if, if they don't get used, they eventually would disappear. And, you, you know, because you do, you do turn, you, you know, I mean, detraining is basically returning to your untrained state. So I think eventually if they weren't getting used, they would. But I, I think initially it's more, they're, they're not as dilated because, because another, another, um, function of detraining is actually your blood pressure is going to increase, um, which has to do with, with your, with your vasodilation. I think it would be such a trip to listen to this podcast with a medical degree and just like, listen to us flounder around trying to be like, I don't know. We know what a capillary is. And we read somewhere that your capillary density decreases. We have no idea what that means. You know, like, um, doctors sound out in the comments. Let us know how we're doing. <laughs> this is why you so, shouldn't ever take medical advice from someone with a podcast, just as like a general rule. And we're, we're pretty open about that. But like, you know, if somebody's telling you to like, I don't know, like drink your own urine or something or whatever stupid, like if you read or like the home remedies people do, like, you know, like if you get tuberculosis, drink birch sap or something stupid, like. You know, okay. I think, I think we're, were we still talking about detraining? I don't know. I'm okay. I'm, I've been in a car with you for this like eight you, hours listening to, you should just somebody like come on a car ride with me and you'll just see what Dan has to live with all oh the my time. Goodness. It's just like a podcast with no fast forward and no pod. audience. <laughs> like I talk to myself driving alone. You know, I'm, I really am a okay. side case. But anyhow, other things happen when you do train, like, like your left ventricle, which grows as you train, it will start to decrease in size. And, you know, and these, 
you know, and these things start to happen um, after about a month, even, even like our, you know, we've talked about how like our fast twitch muscles, they start to um, act more aerobically. As you detrain, they start to act, they begin to act anaerobically again, like they did previously. So is the general principle here that your body makes energy intensive improvements to deal with training stimulus. And when that training stimulus goes away, your body decides to make like almost like budgetary cuts that it doesn't need anymore. Yeah, if it, if it doesn't need it, it's not going to use the energy and resources to maintain these adaptations. But, uh, but that's kind of the principle, right? That like your body, if it's, your body's like, okay, I don't need this anymore. We're not going to keep, you know, giving it resources kind of a deal. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. It's just, um, so, so yeah, detraining, it, it sounds really scary, right? Right. You don't want it to happen, right? Right. Or do you, you know, Ooh, <laughs> do you? Wow. You're really so, learning the podcast craft, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. In, in, you know, we encourage you to take this time off after your a race so you can purposely detrain because sometimes at certain points in the season, it's a really good idea to detrain a little bit. And that really, and I can see why people would be afraid to do this, you know, because you've worked so hard to get this fitness why would you want to lose some of it? And I think the key is, first of all, it's it's critical about how much time you allow to detrain because because if you if you only you know if if you take a couple weeks off and lose two weeks worth of fitness, that's fine. That's going to be a good thing. That's going to be beneficial. If you take like say an entire month off then you're starting to, then it's going to take a long time to kind of gain back the ground, you know? So, so that's the first thing is it's really critical that yes, we do take about two weeks off and not really necessarily off just two weeks of recovery. And, and I think that's a good amount of time. One week isn't enough. I think a month is too much. And, and the reason we do this is, is obviously one that your body just needs some deeper recovery. Um, you know, the, like a lot of times the recovery we do during the season really isn't, isn't going to be sufficient for some of the damage we've done. That's the first reason. And the second is it's, it's really just, just a reset, you know, just like a mental reset and a physical reset. I almost kind of think of it as like, um, you have to kind of let your your fitness that you've built up kind of settle a little bit before you can add more on top of it. It's like if you're if you're like digging a hole and you're and you're making like a pile of dirt, you know, sometimes you have to kind of pack that pile of dirt down a little bit before you can stack more on top of it. And and that's necessary so you can continue to to make improvements for the next season because what were you going to say? This is a tricky question and I'm not going to like ask it gracefully, but is detraining a necessary side effect of something else that we have to do or is there value in the detraining itself? Um, I'm not quite sure what you mean by, by that. Like is, is, are we, are we like, yeah, you need to take some deep recovery and stuff so you can get better. And, and as, as a result of the rest you're going to have to do, you will detrain a little bit or is it that like you need to detrain and the actual detraining itself is what okay you're see yeah and actually it's the actual detraining a little bit of it is a good thing because i've it, almost imagined it as like yeah you're gonna lose a little bit of fitness but you just have to because you need a recovery but we're actually looking for 
like the detraining is is like a is like an effect we're we're chasing. Actually, yes, yes. So that wasn't a dumb question. No, that was actually okay. a really good question because, like, the recovery we do, like, if you take a recovery week during the season, yeah, you might detrain like a little bit, but the freshness that you gain and the the where the adaptations you're able to gain from taking that time off will benefit you and make you faster. Um, the longer time off that you're that we're encouraging you to take at the end of the season. You are actually, we actually want you to detrain a little bit and, and it will, it will initially make you slower, but once you start to train again, you're going to get that fitness back pretty quick. Okay, that makes sense. But if, you know, taking at this time of the year, it really doesn't matter too much because, you know, if, if you're getting into another sport, you're just starting that other sport. Um, it's the end of bike season it's really not a critical time to just jump right into intensive training. Um, but <clears throat> you know, so the, you, you just have that time where it's, it's just a good time to do it. But if you did this like during the middle of your season, if you took two weeks off, it really would, it really could it, it impact your entire season. You know, if you take that much time off, but yeah. So like I said, like a week's probably not enough. Two weeks is about right. A month, anything over a month is going to be too much. It's going to take a lot of time to, you're going to just lose a lot of fitness and it's going to take a lot of time to get that back. If you're a racer listening to this, or if you're a parent who has a racer where like the season didn't go as you'd hoped, you didn't, you weren't able to spend enough time. Like you didn't really train super intensely. Um, do you still need this time in this detraining or like if, should you just like push on through? Like, are we mostly targeting this kind of detraining lecture towards people where you've had a really, really intense training load all year, or is this good for everybody or what's your recommendation there? Yeah, this is definitely for those who have been training consistently from the spring until now, okay. you know, and, and we encourage another similar break like this during the middle of the season, maybe not quite as long as this one. Um, but yeah, if you've been training consistently, then this is kind of a must. If you know, there, I mean, there's a lot of writers out there that'll take weeks off during the season all the time, you know, and, um, you know, and, and I think they're probably going to take time off anyway. Okay. And so, um, but, but yeah, this is definitely for those who have consistently trained. Okay. So yeah, like if you took a couple of month long breaks halfway through the season or whatever, like you're probably not in a position where you need this, right? Yeah. Probably but, not as bad. Okay. That makes but, sense. And with these breaks, it's kind of hard to describe really like exactly why you're supposed to do it. But just from so much experience, people have kind of come to know that if you don't do this, it almost sets you up for a disappointing season next season. This is something I think we've seen where like a lot of riders who have the work ethic, right? And they just keep pushing right on through that you can only do it so long. And it's not like a question of like, your willpower or anything it's just like like physiologically you you there's like a, a limit to how long you can do this right yeah and, and also mentally too because motivation's kind of like a finite resource you know and um I, I, it helps a lot with motivation you know and and there's probably some people who are thinking wow two weeks that's nothing i take two weeks off all the time to other people this is like a big deal i have never well that might not be true i think that when we went to washington that might have been almost two weeks but that was like hard for, like and for me like i'm not I have not done the amount of training that would like necessitate a two week break. 
Um, but I, I wanted to like, we're, and I'm going to get back on my soapbox here a little bit about like the long-term ambitions I have for people beyond like doing well at a race this year, or next year, even five years from now, you know, like the trying to create lifelong cyclist goal that Maybird kind of started with. Um, motivation really is a finite resource and cycling can either increase your reserves of motivation or deplete them very quickly, you know? And like the biggest thing, like if you're motivated to ride bikes, barring a life situation where you have to like work two minimum wage jobs to keep a roof over your head or something like if you have the motivation you'll ride right like there there are some people will be in a circumstance where you truly can't but for the most part when people fall off it's just because you're not motivated and there are other things that become more important so like take that like when dan says like motivation's a finite resource and do things that help you increase your reserves of motivation over time take that seriously because that's probably the number one killer motivation's important but commitment is it tr- is way more important than motivation because you're not always going to be motivated. Let's not degrade ourselves with word games, Dan. Like, you know the point. You know what I'm trying to yeah. do. Like, okay. gonna, this is not a semantic battle. Um, but yeah, like, like you know, cycling can you can either make you more motivated. Like, riding bikes can motivate you to ride bikes more or if you do it wrong, can just destroy your intention to ever ride bicycles ever again. Yeah. So, this... This little reset that we're that we're talking about, we're about to take. Um, let me just kind of talk about really quickly, like what that actually looks like. Um, I would just compare. You don't have to necessarily just sit on the couch and watch TV and eat Twinkies all day. I mean, let's. In fact, I don't want you to do that. I would think that these two weeks would just. I would treat them like you would treat like a normal recovery week during the season where you can still exercise, you can still work out, but it needs to be lower intensity and shorter. Um, I would say those are the two, the two big things. Where, it's, where, you know, where are we driving home from St. George today and we drove through snow? Obviously the season's changing, so I would say that these, these shorter, low intensity exercises might as well be another sport, you know, like um, like walking or yoga or stretching or, um, you know, there's a lot of good healthy things you can do during this time. You don't just have to lay around. In fact, I think it would be better to do some super low intensity activity rather than just laying around. Um, but go on yeah. some walks, go on some hikes, even like, what about like, like rock climbing or something? Should we just like avoid intensity altogether? Or if it's very, I would say for the first week I would avoid any kind of intensity. And then the second week I'd, I'd keep it pretty moderate, you know, like, and I guess the question, like, do you head up to the resorts right now? Like we're getting our first snow and everything. Is it a mistake to go put in big ski days right now? You know, I don't know. It probably isn't ideal. I mean, I would, I would probably do at least a week of, of super easy, low intensity type work. Um, but, but yeah, so just, just easy, low intensity type work. You know, I probably wouldn't start running quite yet. And, and when you do start running, I, you know, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but that's something you really have to ease into. Like I would definitely start with walking and hiking and then, then run walking and, and gradually, you know, make your runs longer and, you know, don't just run into an hour and a half run at a high pace right now, you know, um, something you definitely need to ease into. What should you feel like at the end of these two weeks? Um, well, hopefully, hopefully you should feel excited to ride your bike again. You know, um, you should feel rested 
it it is going to be a little bit hard because a lot of us, quite frankly, are somewhat addicted to exercise. You know, um, I think if you do like low intensity type exercise during this time, you it'll help you feel better. Um, you, you know, one thing too, obviously, you should you should eat healthy and and continue to maintain a healthy diet during this time. Um, you probably won't have to eat as much because you're not doing as much work, so you're your appetite won't be as big, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, ideally you should feel good and you should feel rested and, and excited to, to start doing activities that are going to make you a better athlete. You know, um, like again, I just want to caution, you know, two weeks is a great amount of time, but if you let this detraining go for, you know, over a month, it's going to, it's going to just take a lot of, you're going to lose some valuable fitness and it's going to take a lot of time to get it back. Go back and listen to our podcast on, on the different activities you can do over the winter. There's a lot of different things you can do over the winter that quite frankly, you know, at the level we're at would make us just as fast as if we spent the whole time on the bike. But it's just nice, especially for youth athletes to do other activities. Um, but we kind of talk about how they definitely do need to be aerobic and, and, um, and we give some, some ideas there and throughout the winter, we'll talk about different activities that we can do that would help maintain this aerobic fitness and, and keep us primed and ready to ride once the, once the snow melts. But yeah. And, and like, I, I think for me as much as anything, like looking back on my high school career, like I, I did need just the break in terms of motivation. You know, I think, and if, if you're listening to this and you just finished States and you just are so sick of the bike and of racing and everything, like this is most for you. If, and if there's somebody listening to this, who's thinking like, oh, this is for other weak people and I am really strong and I love cycling the most. So I'm going to just push through these, like, don't do that. You know, I, we can't, I can't belabor that enough. You know, you need the break. I mean, unless, unless like you had a broken leg all season and only started training in August, then maybe not. Or if like you just like kind of dropped the ball a little bit this season and didn't do as much as you wanted to, um, you know, I think, I think for the majority, isn't it very safe to say for the majority of people on Maybird, you need some amount of, I would say if they're listening to their, this podcast, they're probably serious enough that the, that's probably true. Yeah. That the break would apply to them. So. Yeah. And like, again, don't panic when you feel those gains going. Like I would say like with businesses, like you have to spend money to make money. A business that just sat on their reserves of cash all the time would never grow. Yeah. That's maybe a bit of a tortured metaphor, but like, it might be hard to spend money, you know, to like grow a business or something, but it's kind of the same thing. Like sometimes you're going to have to let some of this fitness go so that you can make more back later. Was that an okay metaphor? I guess so. Should we start like rating our metaphors or something? Like that was like a seven out of 10. You're one about the sand. That was actually pretty okay. Like packing sand. That was like a, at least a seven out of 10. Well, thank right? you. Thanks. Yeah, it's okay. Most of yours are like three out of 10s, but you know, every once in a while you, you, you pull something out of the bag. Um, any other well, like considerations? You know what? Just enjoy this break. You guys have deserved it. And in a couple weeks, um, start start hitting some aerobic training hard. We'll, we'll talk about weight training, running a bunch. There's so many different things you can do because again, I say it all the time. I'm convinced that what you do in the winter is really what's going to separate the best from the mediocre. And it, it's getting the only way you can really become the best athlete that you're capable of being is, is if you use your winters wisely. So, and this is part of using your winter wisely is to take a break, lose some fitness that you can, you can build back better fitness on top of. So there you go. Preach brother Dan preach. Winter is an opportunity, right? 
That's right. That should be another t-shirt. Winter's an opportunity. It really is. Good stuff. Well, as always, if you have questions, you know where to send them. Uh, As a reminder, I'm going to go ahead and post those questions up on Maybird's Instagram. Uh, Please nominate folks. Tell us stories. And don't just give me a name. Give me some descriptions and stuff, too. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really, you know, enthusiastic about how much support I've seen people giving each other, hyping each other up on Instagram and stuff right now. So, um, keep that going, rest up, let us know what questions you have and, um, enjoy your, uh, your well-deserved time off. Okay.